0: that's what equality feel like it felt better than
1: Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action and my name is Sam Woods.
2: I'm Casey Oholick and today we're diving into a topic that has captured the country's attention yet again, police violence and the movement for black lives. In this episode, we talk to organizers on the ground and those articulating demands to be met by leadership.
1: But before we get into that, for a little bit of context, George Floyd's recent murder at the hand of an on-duty Minneapolis police officer catalyzed protests around the world, including right here in Milwaukee. But the black community in Milwaukee, like other cities in the United States, has endured a long history of police violence. More recently, Milwaukee's history of police-community relations has been fraught with racial tension, police brutality lawsuits, and a federal Department of Justice investigation that had concluded that the department has exhibited patterns of racial discrimination.
2: To provide some context to the current protests of police in Milwaukee, here is a summary of the more well-known incidents of police misconduct and brutality in our city in just the last 15 years. And just a warning, these next few minutes will include graphic descriptions of police violence committed right here in Milwaukee. We include these descriptions in order not to turn away from the violent reality of this topic.
1: And that being said, these murders and the descriptions of these murders are gruesome. And we're learning every day that taking care of our mental health has to be a top priority. Please consider this to be a trigger warning. And if you are not in the space to hear descriptions of police violence, go ahead and fast forward to four minutes and 59 seconds. But if your experiences with law enforcement have been neutral to positive throughout your life, we invite you to take just a couple moments, just a couple moments to lean into the discomfort.
2: In 2006, at least 10 on- and off-duty police officers severely beat Frank Jude Jr. after accusing him of stealing an officer's wallet at a housewarming party. The beating involved stripping Jude naked in the street, shoving a pen into Jude's ear canals, and putting a gun to his head, threatening to kill. The officers did this while yelling racial slurs at Jude. After being acquitted in a state trial, Seven of the officers were eventually found or pled guilty in a federal trial. The wallet was never found.
1: In 2014, Dontre Hamilton was shot 14 times and killed by on-duty officer Christopher Manny after Manny confronted Hamilton in Red Arrow Park. Dontre was unarmed and breaking no laws. Manny was fired but never charged with the murder. Manny claimed disability related to the shooting and currently receives around $70,000 a year in disability retirement. In
2: 2016, Seville Smith was shot and killed by Milwaukee police, despite the district attorney who was prosecuting the officer, arguing in court that Smith was no longer a threat to the officer who shot Smith point blank following the officer's initial shot that hit Smith in the leg, immobilizing him. The officer was acquitted.
1: And in 2018, Milwaukee police assaulted Sterling Brown after Brown was compliant with an officer who stopped him for parking in an accessible parking spot at a Walgreens. Sterling Brown is a basketball player for the Milwaukee Bucks, and no officers were fired as a result of the incident.
2: And less than two months ago, in April 2020, Joel Acevedo was killed by an off-duty officer, Michael Mattioli, during an altercation at the officer's home. Mattioli has been charged with reckless homicide and is free after posting a $50,000 bail with a pending court date on June 24th. Mattioli has been suspended from the police force, but is still being paid.
1: In addition to these numerous incidents, a 2016 Department of Justice report on the Milwaukee Police Department concluded that, among other things, the internal affairs investigators and supervisors who evaluate officers' use of force receive no formal training and the department has been ineffective in building trust with the community. All this is to say that this topic is hardly new to Milwaukee, even if it has seemingly taken on new life here. To give just a brief understanding of what's going on right now, we talked to on the ground organizers Darius Smith. And Destiny Monet, as well as Marquesa Tucker of the African American Roundtable.
2: We introduce this episode with a sound bite from Frank Nitty. Over the last 10 days, Black Lives Matter protesters have walked every day in support of justice for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Black life. We catch up with Frank's team later in the episode, but we wanted to start with sharing a story we heard this Saturday. Our guest, Darius Smith, leveraged his community to bring about 4,000 protesters up the east side through Shorewood, Whitefish Bay, and back down Lake Drive in solidarity with Black life. Here's Darius.
0: My name is Darius Smith. Um, I'm an art gallery owner. I own the local Gallery in Bayview. Um, I'm a father, Um, I have a nine-year-old daughter, had a child when I was fairly young, it was the best experience for me, honestly. Um, It taught me compassion, it taught me how to be softer, it taught me how to love, outside of just loving someone, you know, it's different having a child. Um, With the movement, I just want everybody to, to honestly love each other, and I want everybody to understand we are here for each other. When I was a kid, I used to walk all the way from like 35th and 6th Spring all the way over here just to play basketball. So the reason why I wanted to walk uh, walk the Whitefish Bay was when I was younger, I had a, a cop stop me and ask me, what are you doing over here? I know it's messed up. And then another night, I used to work at Pet Supplies Plus when I was a kid, and I got stopped by a police officer. They pulled their guns out of me just, just when I was going to work. So I want everybody, please, as hard as this is for me, for me it feels like redemption. I'm over here to walk with a thousand yeah. and some odd people yeah. in a place that, you know, in a sense, held me back, that stopped me from doing something just because I was walking. So it, it actually means something to me. So that's why I'm trying to stop everybody that we gotta be on the same page.
2: That was a very like vulnerable moment for you. Yeah, I cried. I cried a couple times. You did. Um, and can you talk about like why you felt so safe and comfortable telling that story and like what that means for?
0: The um, that's the same way I took the work every single day. Went through that community almost every single day, but I always had some form of problems, in the sense of why are you doing here or what are you doing here from that community. So for me, it felt like if I can bring over four thousand people inside this community and disrupt their whatever they want to call community village. Let me say because Whitefish Bay village, their village, quote unquote. I think that is 88 uh, percent white, and I don't know what the other percent of, percent of that community is. Mm-hmm. But if I can bring all of those people within those community to a place that, you know, stop me for what am I doing here? I want them to ask everybody that was in that march, what are you doing here? But it worked out perfectly because we didn't see any police officers throughout our whole march, yeah. so that it worked amazing. out perfect. Yeah.
2: I want to talk a little bit about like what your community looks like. Mm-hmm. One new chant that I heard yesterday was. Um, repeating black boys, black mm-hmm. girls, black trans, black queers. Mm-hmm. And it's June, it's Pride Month. To hear that inclusion in your chants and to hear everyone repeating that like that made me feel so good. Mm-hmm. Was that on, Did that was that purposeful or what was your thought um, about that? That
0: inclusion? was 100%, 100% purposeful. And honestly, I can't say it had anything to do with Pride Month mm-hmm. because for me, Pride Month is every month. I got a lot of homeboys that are gay. I got a lot of homegirls that are gay. It's just people that's so constantly around me. So it's not anything that was, you know, just for them because everything that I do personally is just for them. And I really want to just bring attention because when we say black lives matter, I'm definitely talking about all black lives, not just cis, heterosexual, you know, black lives. I'm talking yeah. about... Black lives in a whole. Everybody that don't have a voice, the trans community, the queer community, the little black boys, the little black girls, everybody that just want to be. I'm speaking to them and I wanted to make it clear. That's who I'm speaking to. I don't want anybody to feel like they're left out. Black
3: lives! Black queer lives! Black trans lives! Black kids lives!
2: Destiny Monet, 3rd and 4th grade support teacher and Black Lives Matter activist, let us interview her en route during Friday's protest. Destiny is an essential part of Khalil Coleman and Frank Nitty's boots on the ground leadership team. They've been walking for 10 days straight, and as we record this introduction, 9.45 p.m. on a Sunday night, they're turning north on Oakland, heading for Shorewood.
4: Hi, my name is Desti Monet, and I am one of the organizers for the Black Lives Matter protest 2020.
2: Yes, awesome. And can you tell us where we are located right now?
4: We are located on 35th and Michigan, right outside of Marquette University High School.
2: Yes, yes. And you looked a little concerned for a second, but that's probably because you've been all around the city for Mm -hmm. the last few days. So one thing that we do at Bridges City is we're trying to do honest reporting and talking about what's going on on the ground as things are happening in Milwaukee. So Mm I'm hoping that you could talk to us about some of the misconceptions between what's happening on the ground and then what's being portrayed in the media.
4: Okay, so what's happening on the ground, it is a very unified group very peaceful group we are literally one band one sound full of love what's portrayed on the media is we're wild animals we come together and we cause chaos um which is partly true but it's not as far as the protesters the process is like i said we are a unified group there is a second group that are angry they are outraged they are upset and they like to um express themselves in negative ways which I'm not completely against because I cannot tell anyone how to react, but I just want people to know that there are protesters and then there are angry people who are reacting. So however you want to take that, that's how you are want to take that, but just know we're two separate groups. Mm-hmm. Thank
2: you for kind of clearing that up. One thing that I've noticed over the last few days is that you've ended the protests at 9 or 10 and even that's even without having the mayor's curfew.
4: What made you make that decision? Okay, so the the reason why we're ending earlier is because we just want to end at a safe time where everyone can be able to go home Mm -hmm. untouched, unharmed. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is very important to us because we are one group and we are all together to protect each other. But when we are such a big group, for some reason we look intimidating Mm -hmm. even though we are very peaceful. Mm -hmm. So just to have everyone safe and feeling comfortable, we want to end a little earlier. Mm -hmm. So... The tear gas we want to see it coming the spikes on the ground we want to see them on the ground the mace we want to see it coming the bicycles we want to see it coming so if we we can see it that's fine but once it starts getting dark that's when the chaos comes um the attitude of the police it gets a little heightened they're more aggressive so we just want to head out before it even gets that far okay This country
2: is built on the backs of black women. Black women are the most educated demographic of people in America today, Mm -hmm. and we don't always recognize them in the ways that we should so i was first introduced to you guys by khalil and frank on wednesday june 3rd and they said that these two women called them up the night before and they said we're going to organize you guys so my question for you is what made you or what inspired you to come out and join this movement and be the most incredible organizer that you are and lend your expertise
4: today and and throughout this whole week okay so first off i want to thank you for your recognition Mm Um, So when it comes to police brutality, when it comes to just Black Lives Matter, you get on social media, and you see everyone complaining, you Mm -hmm. see everyone has an opinion, and you're like, okay, do something about it. And the first question is, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So in order to know what to do, you have to get out there, you have to experience it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I went out there, I experienced it for myself. I like what I saw, but I feel like we can tighten up a little more. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you see something, fix it. Um, and I had that conversation, and she came through with and <laughs> an entire, like, document, like, from top to bottom. Yes. This is what we're going to do. This is mm-hmm. what we're not going to do. And that morning, we definitely called Khalil. Like, what's up? What's your, what's your schedule? We're free right now. We're on our way. Mm-hmm. And we were at his door, like, Khalil, let us in. We're coming. So that's exactly what it was. We saw something we didn't like, and mm-hmm. we wanted to fix it. Um, with the problems that's going on, it's like you're either gonna sit and watch. You're gonna fix it or you're gonna complain about it. If you're mm-hmm. complaining about it and not doing it, you're a part of the problem. And that's, we, we just gotta fix it. Yeah, We gotta come together and fix it. That's
2: great. Um, so Von Mays was on, li- on Instagram Live or Facebook Live and he was talking about when the protest was gonna be tomorrow and he goes, I don't know what's going on tomorrow. This shit is like, where's Waldo? And the marches in Milwaukee have been incredibly organic. And there's this momentum that you're helping shape. Where do you see this going in the next few days? Like, how many how many days are we going to march?
4: That's so funny that she said that. <laughs> it, it has been like that. And- Every day we are growing, and the fact that people is wanting to know where it is is pretty much letting us know that more people are hearing about it and they want to be a part of it. And the fact that it's a different location, it kind of brings more excitement because it's like, oh, now they're in my neighborhood. Oh, they're in my neighborhood. I'm going to join in. And then, like, to keep the momentum moving forward, it's really just the people. It's really just the people. Like, they are coming in with the right intentions. They are coming in with the right spirits, the right hearts. So if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't even be so organic. Like mm-hmm. people, they know what they want to do. They know what we're trying to do, and they, they just want to be a part of it, and I love it. So everyone is genuine. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just works. I don't know. I don't even know what's the secret (laughs) ingredient, but it's working. I love it, I love it. Um, So
2: my last question is, in conversations about the Black Lives Movement historically in Milwaukee, we reference a lot, Alderman Val Phillips and Father Grappi as people who inspired the Black Lives Movement and the Civil Rights Movement in the past. If you could speak to them today, what would you
4: wanna talk about? What would you wanna say to them? I would pretty much just ask them for guidance. Mm -hmm from then to now. First, I would ask them like, how are we doing? Pretty much for advice, how, how do we tighten up? How do we make it better? Like, yes, th- this is progression, mm-hmm. but how do we actually change? Because with Black Lives Matter, initially yelling, screaming Black Lives Matter, I really felt like I was trying to convince the world that Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting to feel like people are agreeing that Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So now that we're there, what's next? Like just, you know, Tell, tell us where to go from here like I know it's working I know we're moving but how do we get it to make an indefinite change mm-hmm. like how, how do we get there because years ago we couldn't even march together we couldn't use the same water fountains, we couldn't even be in the same places together and look at us now so we're doing great but how do we like how, how do we become the best of the best mm-hmm. and I've got one more quick question for you the black community leaders like Black Leaders
2: Organizing for Community, the African-American Roundtable, Leaders Igniting Transformation. They've put out lists of demands that they want from our community, from our city. What is your relationship
4: with those organizations? I I am looking forward to meeting with those people. I don't know all of them as of yet, Mm -hmm. but there has been um, ideas about how we're going to meet, how is everyone scheduled. um, And like I don't want to say I'm I'm thankful for COVID-19 but I am grateful for the pandemic because it's starting to open more people's schedules yes. and not only that but people have time to think to themselves mm-hmm. to really reflect and sit down and realize what's happening so when we are coming up with these demands we can be precise with what right. we want yeah. and how do we ask for it and what do we do to get it. Yes. So those meetings will be coming up very yes. soon. And it's,
2: you know, I think there's two parts of this, right? It's the people on the ground marching mm-hmm. and then it's the folks calling our older people and elected officials and those people mm-hmm. telling us what to say to them. Yeah. And without all three of those parts, we don't have this movement right now and this Correct. momentum. So Correct. thank you so much for meeting with us. High streets! streets!
1: streets! This work takes organizers on the ground as well as people like Marquesa Tucker, who is both walking with organizers like Darius and Destiny while also submitting formal demands on city leadership as the director of the African American Roundtable. The African American Roundtable is one of a few organizations in Milwaukee who have published demands in the last week to be met by city leadership. We caught up with Marquesa to understand what the Roundtable is demanding and why these demands need to be met.
5: My name is Marquesa Tucker. Mm -hmm. I'm the director of the African-American Roundtable. Um, We're a project of Wisconsin Voices and also a co-founder of the Liberate MKE
1: campaign. Very cool. We're going to get into the Liberate MKE campaign in, in a bit, but my first question is just how, how are you? I just kind of want to check in after, after the last week. I imagine it's been, I don't know if it's been more busy than usual for you. I know you're, you're a pretty busy person, um, just in general, but how are you, how are you doing right now? And how are the people you're around? Yeah, thanks so much for
5: asking that. Um, so yeah, this last week has, yeah, definitely been a level up from the normal mm-hmm. schedule of busyness and uh, I'm feeling right now today good because um, I've got some rest, which is, you know, important for, yeah. you know, folks who are in this working in this movement to not get caught up in all of the things that are happening before us, but to also make sure we're taking care of ourselves so sure. that we can continue to lead well and sustain ourselves. So I'm making sure I'm eating, you know, fruits and people <laughs> are caring for me and making sure I'm eating and resting, drinking water. So those are the things that have been um, helping me, but also just practicing moments of joy and mm. prayer and solitude, and just like being able to take time to get away from everything. Yeah. So I have been doing that for a while. But during you know the pandemic and while we've been staying at home and working, you know that level of discipline around working at home and doing this work um, has also been really interesting. But I've I
1: found my balance. Yeah. I mean, that's important. You don't need to hear it from me, but like, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to give for others when you're like, are not putting that time in for yourself. So that's, um I mean, that's, that's, that's good to hear that you're kind of like taking a breath and making, making some Marquesa time for yourself. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's good to hear. So getting more into like today's topic, you know, you're, you're in the streets, but you're also like working behind the scenes to specify, um, demands for elected officials to take action on. Um, so like, what is, what is the relationship between people, um, marching on the ground? So like maybe someone like me who's like, I'm not specifying demands, but I'm out there, I'm out there marching. Um, And people like yourself, who may be marching as well, but are are working kind of behind the scenes to to specify demands. What is is that relationship like? Or is it kind of like not that coordinated and everyone's just like doing their own thing? So,
5: I mean, there's so many different parts of the movement. Mm -hmm. And the movement is everything that everybody is seeing right now, which is folks taking action, taking the streets, people not necessarily being coordinated and, mm-hmm. you know, creating the march because they want to do something and they maybe haven't plugged into the bigger piece and they're like, well, I want to do something. Yeah. Everybody, um, I believe, though, has this idea around, you know, we need to end police brutality mm-hmm. and we also need to figure out how we're going to live in a safer society that may not include police. So everybody might not be in a complete abolitionist stance, but people are definitely seeing that the way that police have shown up in our communities and what they're doing is not helpful for people that look like me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I appreciate and I tell people I'm excited to see the energy and people out marching because it's helping to keep the message at the forefront while people like me are able to not necessarily be out in the streets every day, but I'm able to go back. While those people are taking that energy, I'm taking my energy to work on strategy vision long term and actually supporting some other things around organizing outside of the mobilization that people are seeing out in the streets. So I think it goes together because some of the people who have put demands together, you know, actually physically put demands together, had meetings with elected officials, have been talking to Mm -hmm. them behind the scenes. Some of those people like myself are out on the front lines doing both.
1: Yeah, you mentioned like strategy, vision, long-term, um, long-term, uh, d- demands. The, the African American Civic Engagement Roundtable put out a list of, of eight demands, eight demands for a new beginning recently. And it starts, the number, the, the first one, um, it starts with, uh, defunding the Milwaukee Police Department by $75 million, which would be about a 25, 25- Percent reduction in their budget, and this might be a a pretty basic question, but I want to ask it anyway. Why is this? Why is this reduction necessary?
5: Absolutely, because over uh, time, I mean, you know, before me, you know, before my parents, you know, we've been seeing a divestment from our communities for years. Mm -hmm. So it's only right in a city where the police department that takes up almost fifty percent of the entire city budget would put money back into the community that it's been divesting from for years. Yeah. Um, you can't have a city and a people to live and thrive that don't have access to affordable quality housing, who don't have access to, you know, health insurance, who don't have access to, um, you know, programs that want to intervene Prior to there, you know, there being any violence, you know, the violence interrupters program, Mm -hmm. people want to make sure that young people have opportunities to get, you know, have employment. So these are things that have been necessary for people to live. People need access to fresh food. People need jobs. And if you have a budget where one department that is causing harm, violence, and, um, you know, all these, and then departments like the health department getting like two or three percent of the budget. It's unjust and it's out of order and it yeah. needs
1: to change. Yeah. And, and one of those, you kind of, you touched on this, but the, the, the list of demands includes demands like safeguards for, uh, black communities during COVID-19, a moratorium on like evictions, foreclosures. Um, and, like you mentioned, ensuring, uh, affordable quality housing for, for everyone and declaring racism a public health crisis. And I think like those in, in conversations I'm having, um, with with people um, who are kind of, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, like new to this, um, the the those kind of new to the movement for Black Lives may see it as a movement against police violence and police brutality only. Um, but why are these demands for like healthcare and fair housing just as important um, to the movement as defunding the police?
5: Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, this was important prior to
1: um, mm-hmm. you know right.
5: COVID, but in this moment of COVID. How can we ask people, you know, when we were asking people to stay at home, you know, and I know you just got done talking to Metcalf Park Community Bridges mm-hmm. and Iuda um, Mutual as well. You know, we can't ask people who don't have access to transportation when you're shutting transportation down, um, who don't have um, grocery stores in their neighborhoods. You can't tell them to stay at home and they don't have food. Yeah. You can't tell them to stay at home when their jobs are being shut down. You can't tell them to stay at home if you want them to stay at home to keep the spread of the virus going. So we can't not uh, think about the basic needs of our people throughout a movement. You've got to mm-hmm. be able to care for your people. You can't ask these people to show up and take the streets. You can't ask, the, ask these people to come to public hearings if you don't care about their just their basic needs. Right. I wouldn't listen right. to anybody's. Who isn't wanting to help and support uh, me to get those things that I need from a system that is constantly taking from me? Yeah. If you want me to help with something, and what can you help me with in order for me to sustain myself to even be present with you?
1: One of the demands mentioned uh, justice for Joel Acevedo. Okay. Who, yeah, who, start? just start off with, who is Joel Acevedo? So,
5: Um, I recently had an opportunity to meet his family a couple Fridays ago when they um, hosted a rally with their attorney and um, Tori Lowe, a local activist, and Joel, the way that they described him, was loving. Joel was someone who um, was committed to supporting the community around him. He had a heart for folks who um, were in need. He did his own, you know, gathering of items to share with homeless individuals. Um, He was a son. He was an uncle. He was a brother, and he was mm-hmm. loved deeply by his family. Mm-hmm. From what I was hearing, um, he went to a what we're hearing as, and of course, this is only what you hear in the criminal complaint, yep. um, which is the officer side of the right. story. The parents really didn't get into the details around what happened, but he was with um, an officer, an off-duty officer, and others um, at a the, they said it was a
1: party um, yes. during the stay-at-home. And order. this is this is here in Milwaukee. And, um, the next right? Yes, here in Milwaukee. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Here in Milwaukee.
5: And um, the next morning, um, the officer said that he caught Joel going through his pockets and possibly stealing things. And Joel said, you know what? You know, it's time to go home, you know. Um, and he was not allowed to go home. And based on what the parents are hearing from 911 calls, uh, that when he was being, um, when the officer was like on top of him, just hearing him saying, I just want to let me go home. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the chants that we did out in the streets when we were there, because that are, uh, those are the last words that they heard their son, their mm-hmm. brother, their uncle, um, their nephew saying as he was, um, pretty much losing his, his, you know, his breath. And so, um, The parents, of course, are saying that, you know, Joel is not someone who steals He had his Mm -hmm. own money. You know, he gave Mm -hmm. to people and they know that something is not right about this story. So the officer since then has been charged with murder, but he is still an employee catching a check. From the yeah. Milwaukee Police Department, and kind of where that is, just to give you a little bit more context, sure. is the police department um, can investigate their internal, um, their internal affairs department can investigate cops who are off duty, um, who commit mm. murder. But when they're on duty, there's another subset subset of officers from a from different counties who come in and do that investigation. And because he was off duty, the police get to do it. Well, yeah. um, just recently, the governing board over the police Department, the Fire and Police Commission recently took that case from the police department, and this is a part of their job to investigate mm-hmm. um, the police. And so that's kind of where the case is. And the mayor has called on Chief Morales to fire um, the officer. He has not done so, and he's hiding behind um, the fact that the Fire and Police Commission has the case when his department had the case, yeah, um, and did not make that call
1: to fire the officer. Yeah, and how so can the oh. family on that demand? Yeah. Even like a week ago, I wasn't familiar with this case. I know there would have been like some reporting on it, but I, I don't know. I just like, I missed it. I wasn't familiar with the case. So like, how can, what's the best way for folks to kind of like stay, stay up in this case? Like, where's the news coming from here? Is there like a date where the um, fire and police commission's like investigation is supposed to be wrapped up or like, I don't, I guess like how, how, yeah. How can people like stay informed on this, on this case?
5: absolutely. So we'll definitely be following it on the African-American Roundtable page. Okay. um, And we'll be sharing. I believe that he has a court date coming up in June. So I don't know that his family has set up like a Facebook page, but it's something I can definitely ask them. You know, if that's something you all want support, a good way to do it is to maybe make like some kind of website or social media page so people can follow Mm -hmm. and be abreast of what's going on, but also find out ways that they want to support.
2: Because this is Bridge the City, we asked our guests for action steps we can all take to get involved in this issue.
4: Um, just come join us. Um, if you don't want to march and you don't want your voice to sound like mine, you can definitely just drop off any materials such as goggles, water, food, whatever you want to do. You can even... Just share that we're doing great things. When you see positive videos, share them, like them, get them out to the public so we can change the narrative.
5: People are welcome to follow our Facebook page and, you know, just see the different initiatives that we are supporting and we work around. But people can also email us at liberatemke um, at gmail.com and we have a lead organizer, Devin Anderson, who follows up with folks who reach out and say, hey, I want to get engaged, I want to get involved, and we look for ways to plug them in. Um, Also, we offer a lot of political education that we've been doing online. The week of Juneteenth, we'll be offering a lot of uh, ways that people can tune in and learn. You know, a part of this Wonderful. work is not just coming in and wanting to do something, it's coming in to learn and yeah. to listen um, and to really sharpen your analysis around the things that are going on, but also what it is that you want to build your own skills. To be like, some folks might want to come in and do comms work, some folks might want to come in and do phone banks, some people want to just take the streets. So, just figuring out what they need to learn in order to take positions to really support um, the work that's already happening on the ground. And folks are welcome to um, read our work that we've done and to. Um, sign up to be on our email list um, at the liberate mke.com website as well. We are updating our events there, where people can follow us there, and also just see some of the work that we've been able to, account- to accomplish through the city budget and organize people last year.
1: Thank you, Darius, Destiny, and Marquesa for taking time to join us on Bridge City. And thank you all for listening. We usually plug our Patreon here, but we'd much rather have your money go toward the movement for Black Lives.
2: Go to our website to see a list of organizations continuing this work that you can support financially, as well as a quick list of resources to begin or continue your anti-racism efforts. Lastly, Friday, June 5th would have been Breonna Taylor's 27th birthday had her life not been taken by the police on March 13th.
1: We thought it fitting to end this episode in her memory with a clip from one of the marches we were at on Friday where hundreds of Milwaukeeans sang her happy birthday.
2: Rest in power, Brianna. All right,
5: y'all. So today, Brianna Taylor would have been 27 years old had she lived in the <laughs> so in honor of her birthday i don't know if y'all were with us back then but we sang happy birthday but we had a request to do it again and we're not singing no regular
3: shmegular degular happy birthday we singing a black
5: people's happy birthday All right. y'all ready I count y'all in one two three happy
3: birthday to you happy birthday to Happy birthday.